Good, or, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I'll tell you what, you ever have one of those days? One of those days when Justin Trudeau tries to uh, do an uprising in your country? Oh no, that's Canadians, that's not us. I'll tell you what, I got out. The, I got up this morning and I was going to start doing the podcast and I live in the high desert, right? And so in the high desert, the weather can be insane. And today was one of those insane days. They're expecting a bunch of rain up in the mountains, up in Big Bear and Arrowhead. And so the skies are black as night. We had a wind advisory. So the wind is blowing like crazy. In fact, you're probably going to hear the wind coming in on this recording. I waited for it to die down a little bit, but it's blowing like gust up to 47 miles per hour out there. So it's making a lot of noise. So if you hear any weird stuff, that's what's going on. I'm in a wind tunnel. I'm basically trying to podcast from the middle of a tornado. But in Canada, like I was saying, Justin Trudeau. The dictator, Dictator Trudeau, uh, he declared a state of emergency. First time Canada's ever had to do that. They declared a state of emergency for parking violations, apparently. The Freedom Convoy, you know, so so now with the with the uh with the state of emergency, Justin Trudeau can start arresting people. He can freeze their bank accounts. He's already diverted the funds that were raised for this Freedom Convoy through GoFundMe and Go Give, Go Send Go or something like that. You know, he went on their 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 TV and Trudeau said that he wants to maintain Canadians' rights to a peaceful protest. But the thing is, this is a peaceful protest. He just doesn't like it. He just doesn't like it. He's calling they're treating it like a terrorist act, you know. That's that's this isn't a state of emergency. This isn't a state of emergency. I was watching a bunch of videos of what was going on in downtown Ottawa, and it looks like a street fair. I mean, they literally have blow-up jump houses for the kids. You've got people out there cooking to feed everybody. They've got music playing. They are just sitting. They are just sitting. They're not burning buildings down. They're not doing anything crazy. They are just they are just occupying, occupying, and all of a sudden, this is a state of emergency. Now, this is Canada. This isn't the United States. This is Canada. But, you know, we do like to watch and see what goes on over there because they are one of the beacons of, uh, you know, modern kind of uh, living that is similar to the United States. In some respects, I know, don't flip your wig out there. You know, it, it, and the thing is, it's all over the mass mandates, right? Mass mandates for truckers, right? And Justin Trudeau, in his speech, he says, you know, we have the highest rate of vaccinations of any of our peers of, of the other countries. Okay, so if you're all vaccinated, if you have the highest, why not just drop the mandates? Just drop the mandates. You know, what's going on? Because this is about control. This is a pissing contest. This is Trudeau saying, go home, get off the streets, and you won't do it. So this is a, this, this is a power play. It's not a state of emergency. It's not a state of emergency. You know, what's, you know what's really ironic about this is Trudeau, back in the middle of the pandemic, when his country wasn't highly vaccinated, I believe it was before there was a vaccination, we, he had BLM protests right there in Canada. And I'm not taking the side of BLM, Truckers Freedom Convoy. I'm just saying, let's look at the let's look at the scenario of what's going on. BLM protests were going on in 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 Canada. Justin Trudeau shows up. He takes a knee. They don't shut anything down. They just they just let it be. The problem is is these people in the Freedom Convoy are standing up against the government and saying what the government's doing is wrong. And Trudeau and his other cronies they don't appreciate this. Now other territories in Canada. You know, that are subsidiary under Trudeau, 
they've 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 said they've given up. They've said, okay, we're lessening our mandates. We're 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 getting away from this. We don't need this fight. But Trudeau, he's in the pissing contest and he's declaring basically martial law against his own people. I'm very curious to see where this goes next. I did see this morning that the police chief of Ottawa, who's been doing all this stuff, stealing the truckers' gas, all this other kind of stuff that's enforcing everything that Trudeau wants this morning after Trudeau declared a state of emergency, pretty much our equivalent of martial law, the police chief resigned. He said, I'm out. I'm not going to do this. I'm done. So it's interesting to see who's going to enforce these policies. You know, they tried to get other trucking companies to come in there and start t- uh, towing all these trucks out. And guess what? They stood in solidarity with their uh, comrades. <laughs> That's probably a bad choice of a word, comrade. But they they, they stood in solidarity and they said, oh, you know what? Sorry, uh, we're, we're on a COVID break or whatever. We can't do that. Oh, then that's another thing that Trudeau is demanding. It's the it's the ability under this martial law that he can force companies to act on the government's behalf. So basically he can go into those tow truck companies and he can say, you have to do this or else. And what is the or else? Well, they've already been, they've already been taking away truckers license and, and, and stuff like that, trying to shut these guys down. They're, 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 they're at war with their own people, but it's not with guns. It's with the licensing. It's with the, it's a, it's a government's war on its people where they're removing their license, removing their business license, and now, with the martial law telling their businesses what they can do, if this isn't a blatant display of overreach and dictatorship, I do not know what is. But it's bad times for the people in Canada. I wish them the best. And I did read again today. I know we talked about a potential uh, freedom convoy showing up at the Super Bowl. Apparently, that never happened, or I didn't see anything going on like that. But I saw news articles swarming again today where it's out there. It's out there. And Ron Paul, uh, uh, he's or, or Rand Paul, he's saying, let's get out there and do it. He totally backs this uh, this this uprising from the truckers. So it looks like the Freedom Convoy here in the United States, it's going to be picking up some steam here real quickly. And we might be seeing the same kind of insta- instances that are happening up there in Canada, especially focused in Ottawa. It's very interesting. Very interesting. Will our government declare martial law too? Who knows? I mean, it, it seems to me like that is an extremely, extremely overreach, uh, taking it to that level. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being a trucker out there and you go to use your card for something and your finances have been blocked by the government and they're blocking crypto transactions? They're doing all kinds of stuff. Martial law, overreach. You know, it makes me think, I saw this meme today where they're wanting to put auto kill switches on cars. Uh, the government's wanting to demand that so that they, you know, the police chases and all that kind of stuff, they can just shut your car down. I, I can imagine that if that technology was in place today, it would probably really come in handy during these uh, trucker protests because they could have shut down those trucks before they ever reached a city to congest it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Don't think, don't think if they start putting mandatory kill switches in your car that that's going to benefit you in any way, you know, especially if you're a criminal. Come on, come on. If you're a criminal, that totally does away with the, with the getaway vehicle. So, you know, so you got to vote against that criminals. Oh, and, and one other thing that I keep noticing here, let me see if I can bring this up real quick. I keep on noticing these headlines that are trying to associate the term freedom with the alt-right. The same way that now the American flag is a symbol of the alt-right, it's, <laughs> uh, here, here we go. Here's, this is, um, 
I got one from CNN. I got one from CBC, which is the Canadian broadcasting company, and one from Globe and Mail. Three different news sources. Uh, here's the different headlines. First one, the alt-right has weaponized freedom to undermine democracy. And here's CBC News. The word has become common among far-right groups, experts say, fight for freedom. And then on CNN, let me see if I can pull that one up. Where was that one at? Oh, it's right here. Uh, oh, this, but this was actually an audio thing. A CNN reporter says truckers protesting COVID mandates are wrapped in this sort of notion of the guise of freedom, you know, whatever that means to these individuals. I don't know. I don't know what is more. I, I mean, the freedom to choose whether you put a piece of cloth over your face or an N95 mask, that is, that is, that is directly associated with personal freedom personal freedom but they're trying to the media is on this on this trip watch you're going to see this a lot more in the near future where freedom is going to be a term that is associated with the alt-right and the term freedom itself is going to be weaponized to be a term of anti-government anti-democracy uh they're, they're just going to try and mislabel this word freedom fighters and and isn't that kind of what, what kind of what keeps happening? The lines keep changing. And if anybody opposes the government, now they're they're being treated like in Canada, they're being treated like terrorists. And I'm pretty sure they'll do the same thing here. I mean, I said this ahead of time that if the truckers try to surround the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium, they will get treated like terrorists. And the and and our government's not going to stand for that. You know, you say you have the right to protest. BLM had the right to protest. You know, they didn't really step in and stop it when buildings were being burned down by the minority. Let me clarify this by the minority of extremist troublemakers that were involved in the BLM marches. But watch when these truckers go to town, it's going to it's going to hit the fan, man. It is really going to hit the fan here. And freedom is a term of the alt-right. Oh, Jake, you're being paranoid. You're going too far. Just because a couple of media agencies say that the freedom truckers are terrorists and everything, nobody's going to believe that. They're not going to push that agenda. It's not going to happen. You know, you're just going too far. Am I, though? Am I? Because the thing is, is there's a bunch of gullible people that start to believe this. Oh, no, no. Nobody's going to believe that. Nobody's going to believe that. Oh, yeah? Here we go. Listen to this. Listen to this. Here's, here's, here's on the streets of Canada right now. Please, why'd you take off my fucking flag off my car? Because we want you to get the fuck out of our city. You guys are terrorists. You need to get out of our city. That's why. Okay. You've turned the Canadian flag into the modern day. You just did. You guys are literal domestic terrorists in our city. You need to get the fuck out of here. Okay. That's why I took your flag off. Please leave our city. All get right. the fuck out of here. I'd like to give you my email so you can send me that video also. Sure. I'll upload it to the internet for you. Okay, you're very beautiful. No <laughs> Nobody's going to buy it. Well, they're already buying it because people, it's the impressionable, it's the impressionable college age kids that you have to worry about. I can tell you that, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll buy into anything. They love it. The Canadian flag is now the swastika calling people domestic terrorists that are flying the Canadian flag on their car, you know, outrageous, but this is the way that this is the way things go. If we don't put a stop to it somehow, somewhere, well, hot off the press as of five hours ago. There was a lawsuit between nine families in Remington, Remington Firearms, and it came to a close today, and Remington 
has been handed a $75 million judgment. Now, I don't know much about this case, and I think they're going to get ready to release what was going on here. But nine families sued Remington. And I guess what played into this a lot was the level of marketing from Remington. And that is one of the aspects that weighed heavily in this decision to award these families $75 million against Remington. Something about their their guns being used in video games, and it was a direct, they were accused of, of directly marketing to young adults, the Remington rifles. That being said, that being said, I mean, Call of Duty, come on, there's all kinds of, I don't know if there's actually gun manufacturers. It's just the model numbers. But um, you, you, the weight of this, you know, Remington tried to settle with these families uh, months ago for $33 million. The families rejected it and kept the case going. And it looks like they got a $75 million judgment. And I'm sure we're going to hear more details on this in the future. But at the same time, you know, you didn't see... What was it that when that guy drove a Dodge Charger through a bunch of BLM protesters, you didn't see them suing Dodge, the manufacturer of the car. But yet in the shooting at Sandy Hook, Remington is taking the fall with a $75 million uh, lawsuit. And Remington is declaring bankruptcy. And I kind of think that's the goal. The goal is if you shoot, if you sue these gun manufacturers like this, um, you're going to just shut the whole thing down. And, you know, they're going after that. They're going after the ghost alleged ghost guns or home built guns, the the gun kits. There's new laws that are going to affect that are going to be um, affecting that coming up in June in California, where basically all aspects of a gun, the parts to build a gun have to be serialized and there has to be a background check, all that kind of stuff. Just like buying a firearm uh, when you buy parts for guns. That's what they're pushing. And I think it's supposed to go in effect into June here in California. But Remington. I mean, this is an old company that's been around for a long time, uh, and they're filing bankruptcy. Will this be the end of Remington? I don't know. Is this going to be just a restructuring? Is this going to be a way for them to get out of uh, having to pay this $75 million? Are they going to rebrand themselves? I don't know, but they did get a $75 million judgment against them, and I don't know the details. I just know that it was somewhat based on their marketing tactics in the past. Apparently, they weren't allowed to market or they weren't supposed to or the jury found them liable for marketing in video games to young adults. So this is going to be interesting. This could be a game changer of how things operate, because what you see is if gun manufacturers are held liable, okay, they're insurers, they insure these gun manufacturers are going to step back and they're going to take a long pause. and They're going to say, hey, uh, we don't know if we want to insure Colt, Remington, Winchester, all these other brands, Sig Sauer. Whoever's doing business in the United States. So if the insurers want to step back and say, hey, we're not going to insure you, we're not going to give you a liability policy. Well, that's going to be hard for them to operate because they're going to take a direct hit when when these lawsuits keep cropping up. You know, and, and and on that and on that fact of things, you also have to look at banks. Banks loaning these gun manufacturers money for improvements, buying things, buying property. You know, just just lending the money, the cash flow into these companies. Well, if they're if they're no longer a safe place to uh, put your money into as a bank, then they might not be able to get financing to expand, grow, do whatever they need to do. So this case is going to set a precedent against. Whatever happens to other drug uh, uh, drug manufacturers, gun manufacturers out there. So this is a big one. This is a big one. I don't know if it's going to be appealed, if they're going to take it up or what, but Remington. Damn, $75 million and declaring bankruptcy. It's sad. 
It's sad. It really is. You know what else is sad? I was looking over this other story. Let me pull it up here in front of me. Uh, wrong button, wrong button. Oh, I can't find it. Oh, there it is. All right, so New York Times is facing pushback for calling Asian Americans overrepresented in figure skating. Now, this is more of these color swatch uh, politics that's been going around. I think Biden, you know, he's been one to, he, he said he's definitely going to uh, uh, put a black woman in the Supreme Court. You know, color swatch politics. Yeah, that's I'm sure that's offensive to some, but it's 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 true. Uh, this whole color swatch thing. Anyways, let me let me read this story first. The New York Times triggered a social media backlash for a tweet stating that Asian Americans are vividly overrepresented in figure skating. Asians make up around seven percent of the U.S. population, but have become vividly overrepresented in ice rinks and competitions at every level from coast to coast. This is what the newspaper said in a Wednesday tweet. Gradually, they have transformed a sport that until the 1990s was almost uniformly white. The description drew outrage from those accused the newspaper of using a loaded term to suggest there are too many Asian Americans in the sport. Citing the backdrop of rising hate crimes and legal battles over alleged efforts to cap Asian American admissions at elite universities and high schools. Vividly overrepresented. Now, let's break this down. The logic here is that since Asians only represent 7% of Americans, well, if you're using that statistic in these stories, they only represent 7%. You must be implying that they should only represent 7% of our world-class figure skaters, right? Otherwise, why would you even bring that statistic into the conversation? Now, the question is, there is no question there. I, the, 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 what's going on in ice skating is the Asians are the most qualified. And you know why they're the most qualified? I'll tell you why. And I happen to have an insight into this. In fact, I should probably get them on the phone. Most of you don't know, but I have a brother that lives in Buffalo, New York. I'm not going to give his name, but he is basically common law married to a figure skating, ice dancing instructor. She's on the, she's on the, like the, the federal committees and all this other. She's a big deal. She's a big deal. She's a former Olympian herself. She represented Hungary in the Olympics back in I don't know what. So I was asking him about this. And, well, I wasn't asking him about it. He saw the article and I saw him post his comment. And what he's saying is, well, what's happening is that the Asian families are taking their children, uh, typical, typical white families or non-Asian, let's just say non-Asian families, we, en we enroll little Timmy in baseball, soccer, football, all this kind of stuff, right? So they're scattered all the time. He said what he sees in the Asian community is they pick one sport and they focus everything on that one sport. And a lot of these families happen to be picking figure skating, ice dancing, that kind of stuff. And they focus in on that. And from a young age, that's all they do is ice skate, ice skate, ice skate. Same thing like Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods became the best of the best of the best in golf. Well, that's because his father put him in golf and focused golf, 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 you know, and it's just the way if you take a child and if you focus on one thing, they will excel at that one thing. And so this whole thing, this whole idea of. Asians are only 7% of, 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 of America. They're vivid, vividly overrepresented in figure skating. That is just stupid. That's just stupid. I saw this other graph the other day. 
and and it, it was taking it was taking all the commercials that were on during the Super Bowl, and it had a graph that showed how many white Americans are are you know are out there in the United States, and and what percentage of the commercials were white Americans, and it was pretty much equal. And what what percentage was Hispanics? They were a little underrepresented. And who was grossly overrepresented in the in the Super Bowl commercials was uh, the black community compared to the compared to the statistically how many black Americans there are. But what is the point? What is the point? So what black people are overrepresented in Super Bowl commercials? I mean, why are we using these kind of statistics about the makeup of the United States to 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 make criticisms? of sports or commercials or whatever. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I, I don't see the logic in it. I don't see the logic in it. I mean, can somebody help me out with this? I mean, do we need to kick Asians off the team because there's no, I don't, I, you know, there's, there's not that many uh, black figure skaters. The conclusions that are drawn off of these statistics of what, of the makeup of the United States is just outrageous. But people think that this is logic, that this is this 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 is how we should judge things. The the fact that somebody put those numbers out there and think that this is even relevant is ridiculous. It's very illogical. You know what else is illogical? I just ran across this. Now this this is this is pretty outrageous. You know, I think there I think we have these symptoms sometimes going on here where people just get too woke. And this is a prime example of being too freaking woke. Okay. So this is from ABC6, ABC6 News. And this is in Massachusetts, a word that I can barely say. Anyways, a Massachusetts Montessori preschool was shut down and apologized after a classroom full of toddlers. <laughs> oh, boy. Hold on. You're not going to believe where this is, where this is going. A classroom full of toddlers painted black faces on paper plates and held them up to their own faces as a celebration of Black History Month. Interesting. Interesting. I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of curious what the logic was behind this, but then I'll, after all these teachers that I've seen online uh, that are pretty, pretty illogical, I guess it's just par for the course. But Somebody thought it was a good idea to take a bunch of paper plates, paint a black face on it, and put it in front of your face. And this was a celebratory action of Black History Month. I'm very curious of what shade did they use. Did they actually use Sharpie Black? Did they use a mocha? Did they use uh, a, a Michael Jackson half-white, half-brown type thing? Or was this black, black, black? Like was this, was this like blackface, like Ted Danson, Whoopi Goldberg? At a party back in the day, blackface. Curious. Uh, it is blackface, right? You, you put it on a paper plate, you put it in front of your face. I mean, that's no different than putting on a rubber mask that's blackface. I, I don't know. It's just outrageous. I, I don't know what to think other than the fact of this is, this is batshit crazy. Just batshit crazy. The school did release a, a press release. Let's see what it says here. Let me see if I can pull this up. I see kids. This was the Montessori had a black mask, black face instance on February 8th, 2022 that has been discussed throughout the social media. The IC Kids management team is issuing the following statement. Okay, here we go. Here's where it all makes sense. Hang on to your hats and glasses, folks. 
To celebrate Black History Month, a teacher in toddler's classroom at IC Kids planned and carried out an activity that involved black mask, black face. One of the parents pointed out that the black mask, black face is offensive. The teacher apologized to the parent. Director was away of the Center for Personal Issues and was aware of said incident after the parent brought it to her attention, and this was immediately addressed. The activity was removed from the classroom and the teacher reprimanded for such actions. Management was made aware of activity circulating social media by a parent who brought it to our attention on February 11, 2022, that blackface associated with the daycare was going around on Facebook. While wording of of the Facebook apology was not the best statement, we were trying to send a message to say that research for toddler curriculum was not executed or completed in the manner that it should have been. So we apologize to every and every and every and anyone uh, this might have offended. The staff who planned and executed the activity has since been released from her employment at IC Kids. So that's what happens. Uh, you get too woke, you get fired. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Oh, oh, so people were actually out protesting there. Uh, here's a page two. Considering a, uh, considering a protest happening at the center that will put the kids at risk, in the need, we are closing IC Kids Daycare at this time. Families will be provided with a list of child care centers in the area so that they can immediately receive care for their child or children. In closing, we'd like to end by saying we have had a multicultural, diverse staff and families ranging from African-American to Spanish to Asian uh, to this, oh, I like how they did this. They went, they actually went from dark to light. Um, it, I'm, I'm glad that they had their color swatches out because they went from African to Spanish to the brown people to the Asians, which uh, I'm I'm not going to define their color because that's a very t- touchy subject. But uh, I like how they went from dark to light in order on this. That that's that's very woke of them. Anyways, uh, from we've had families of African American, Spanish, and Asian. Uh, to this indeed was not our intent. What do you mean to this? This doesn't even make sense. Good. I'm glad they're only doing preschool. Uh, Let me see. A staff member did not execute curriculum in the manner trained to do so, resulting in this negative impact in light of the daycare center. In the event that we reopen our doors, all staff will be trained in diversity and creating curriculum for the birth to five-year-old age group. We would also aim high for a more diverse staff with strong childcare background knowledge and experience. Multicultural issues in childcare and other mandate professional development will be done continuously throughout the year. Well, good to hear. So they, apparently their wokeness shut the whole preschool down. I wonder who's out there. Uh, I, you, know, I, you know, this is an honest question. This is an honest question. I wonder who was out there protesting in front of this school. Was it, was it, was it, uh, was it the BLM crowd? Was it the, the MAGA, MAGA hat crowd, uh, who was protesting the blackface in the school? That is a good question that I'd like to know the answer of because it could go in any direction here. There could be multiple parties that could be offended by this that would be out there protesting. So it doesn't really state clearly who was protesting, but I am curious because I want to know what side to take in this. Blackface in the preschool. Too woke, too woke, too little, too late. Woke shut the whole nursery daycare down. Got to, got to calm down. How about you just, uh, teach the kids their ABCs? How about you just teach the kid that we're all, uh, perfect little, you know, awesome human beings of different, of different colors. I acknowledge the different colors and everything, but we're all equal. We're all, you know, we're all, we love each other. 
and we have friends of, you know, every diversity. Why, why not just teach them some just general love at that age? We're talking five-year-olds, five-year-olds. I don't know. I, I think about things different. I think, I think five years old is pretty young. I don't think five-year-olds are inherently racist, so I don't think they need to be tackling racist uh, uh, topics at five years old. I think it's just too much too soon. I mean, you want to make a difference in these kids' life. Uh, how about teach them to wipe their ass, you know? How to add, subtract. Start using the bottle caps, you know? Start start doing the, the basics. I, establish that foundation. No no need to jump straight to racist. Putting a five-year-old in a black face, they don't, they don't know what that means. They have no idea. They have no idea. This is just, this just, this is, this is teachers trying to be too woke and just confusing the fuck out of kids, man. We got to put an end to this nonsense. Anyways, I'll tell you what, the wind is still howling here. I hear it interrupting the show. You might not hear it. I hope you don't. I hope it's listenable. Uh, but this is Jake with Radio Wonderland. I was just, uh, I was just mes- mes- uh, 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 messaging, and they just got back to me. A, a good friend of the show, Hagatha Sisti, uh, that might I might be able to get Hagatha to come on here and uh, do some of these transgender stories with me and kind of explain, you know, break it down so dumb Jake can understand uh, the pronouns. I mean, I understand the pronouns. I get it. Uh, but maybe Hagatha could come on here and really start getting me up to speed to be a responsible American in touch with the transgender community uh, that would be really interesting if that works out for those of you that don't remember uh, you'd have to go back to some old old shows but uh hagatha sisti uh you can find her on instagram hagatha sisti uh she's she's the who's who of transgender equality uh she's amazing gonna try and get her on anyway this is jake with radio underland Subscribe to the show if you like our little daily take on the news. Share this with your friends. Let's help get the word out. Uh, Let's just have a little voice of normalcy out there, and I will talk to you later. You guys, be good. Be good humans. Be nice to each other. And uh, in the words of Rodney King, can't we all just get along and, uh, you know, be good humans.